guests and I go back to when one of the most controversial things in sports were Don Mattingly's sideburns. Um, this guest by far had one of the best arms uh, growing up. He always threw the fastest and the farthest. It literally hurt to catch. And he also barely missed any three-pointers. Coupled with his athletic abilities, he was the most kind-hearted and caring uh, people that I grew up with, and he still is today. I would like to welcome a hero I call by their first name, Kevin. What's going on, man? Hey, what's up, man? Thanks for having me. <laughs> that, yeah, man. Thanks for coming on, dude. I really appreciate it, man. Yeah, that's some intro. My arm hurts now just thinking about throwing. <laughs> yeah, but dude, man, you... You used to like rocket it, man. Yeah. I was talking to Matt and and um yeah. uh, and and Matt was like, you know, he never knew what a curve. He thought like a curveball was kind of bullshit. And then one day you threw a curveball at him, and he was like, "Yo, man, this that that really curved." Yeah, I remember. I think he, I think he might have fell down. <laughs> but it was yeah, yeah, man. Those are the days, man. We used to play in the backyard, and then yep. Um, I played softball after and Matt would play with Matt would play with us and he didn't know how to stop. He just kept running. And we still talked about like he just didn't know. He just kept going. And he was just he was scoring whether it was a base hit in the infield or not, he was gonna go. Yeah, he Because <laughs> I don't think he had cleats, he wore sneakers. Yeah. So he was like, Yo, I'm out. I'm out. Yeah. Oh man. That's hilarious, man. Uh, but yeah, man, I know we, we spoke a little bit before this, and yeah, uh, yeah man, we we've known each other since since uh, elementary, man. Yeah, I think I want to say like at least second grade, so about thirty, yeah, three thirty two years, thirty two thirty two yep. years. It's a, uh, it's crazy just how fast time goes and all the things we've mm -hmm. done together, and whether mm -hmm. it's I know I've heard other people like uh, with Matt and Adam. I mean, uh, Paul mm -hmm. and Adam playing uh, football and yep. just going to. Chinatown in the city and yeah. listening, watching, playing music and things like that. It's always just yeah. been, we've always progressed, but we've always stayed, stayed tight knit. I mean, as far as, you know, just keeping things going and mm -hmm. like we haven't, I haven't seen you in a couple of years, but like we started talking and so it's like yesterday I've seen you. So yeah, exactly, man. Yeah. Exactly, man. It's, it's, uh, it's timeless, man. Timeless, timeless friendships, man. Um, yeah, man. And it's, it's, it's awesome, man. Like, you know, yeah, we're both dads now too. Our kids about the same age. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. So it's definitely cool to, to hear about, you know, how our, how our daughters are, oh. you know, more, more advanced than we were when we were their age. Oh, for sure. <laughs> my daughter just turned six and just started first grade and she can maneuver my iPad better than I can. I think yeah. it's, it's, it's no longer my iPad. It's her. Yes. I, yes. I have to ask her if I can use it. Yeah, <laughs> so it's uh, it's uh, it's good though. I mean, it's just to keep us on our toes. I mean, mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. it's always every day is fun. Mm -hmm. Um, she just you know, my son is he's two, he'll be three in November. Mm -hmm. He just he's a ball of energy, and really, mm -hmm. like, I am all constantly after him and making sure he, I catch up with him. He's fast though. Let me tell you, this kid is fast. <laughs> he can, he start, I start, if I'm cutting the grass outside, he'll just run down the street and just look at me and and laugh. And I'm like, yo, I don't know if I can catch him. You can't, man. Yeah, man. Nah, so it's, the... it's fun. Yeah, it is. It is, man. Um, it, it definitely, yeah, man. You think you summed it up, man. It, it's just fun, man. It's, it's uh, you know, and like, yeah, it makes us, especially mentioned, like, you know, thinking back to when you were in first grade and stuff. And oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's weird, right? Like, oh, wow. I, like, when you start. You know, like I have memories to like to back to like maybe kindergarten, first grade, and stuff, and it's weird. But like, holy crap! Like, my kid, I, I remember being the same age as my kid. Yeah. Thing, and it's just like, oh, this is really weird, man. Like, I'm old, you know. Like, <laughs> we old. Yeah, we the old. The thing is, man. I remember. So when we were in kindergarten, my, we had, all we had to do was take a nap. Mm -hmm. and eat snack and maybe play yeah. some blocks now like these kids got to learn how to read yep like yep. i was i was shocked i mean we've been home with the pandemic and everything so i was mm -hmm. helping her to learn to learn i was like Yo, this is difficult yeah <laughs> i was struggling and because i'm I've, I've learned just i'm not the best teacher just because it's just um it's just hard for me to to, mm -hmm. to teach certain things and i'm just like just mm -hmm. do it so she's just uh, grounding me in that and to make me just learn how to... <laughs> she's um, teaching you, man. Yeah, she's teaching me, which is good. I mean, <laughs> every day is one of those things you always learn as you go, right? 
Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. It's, you should learn something new every day. And I've learned a lot in the past six months being home. Um, so it's been, it's a, it's a good time. So yeah, this is where my audio stopped recording. So similar to the last episode, uh, I'm going to give some context to what Kevin is saying. Enjoy. So here, yeah, I just mentioned um, about, you know, the challenges of, of parenting and just trying to do a good job. And yeah, Kevin, um, you know, shares about his experience being a dad. Oh, for sure. And the, the biggest thing is I, she gets, she's very competitive, right? So I, I keep telling her that you need to learn how to fail to really understand how to win. And, and the look I get from her is what? <laughs> I'm not losing. It is, we got, we, if I lose, we're playing a different game. You know, so, um, yeah. <clears throat> but I think that's very important is you really need to just in, if you if you keep succeeding every time, you're, you're probably not pushing yourself as far as your limits can go. So you gotta, you gotta take chances sometimes and try different things in order to, to really see what you're capable of. You, you can be safe your whole life and there's nothing wrong with that. But I'm, for me, I always feel like I need to, always push and try different things and open up new doors. Cause I, I'm always, I'm never complacent. I'm always the type of person who wants to keep pushing and, and succeeding in other avenues. And I don't like, nobody likes to fail, but it's a part of the process, you know, it's, it, I, yeah. Cause if, like I said, if, if I keep succeeding, I'm probably not doing it right. <laughs> right? Yeah. Because it's, yeah. Cause it's too, if it's too easy, then anybody can do it. So just being a sports fan, you know, you can tell like when, when these athletes and things like that can, when they really finally see the, the whole thing is the journey. The journey to get to that final end is, is the, is the most important thing. How did you get to that final part? That's to me is, is the fun part. I mean, it's going to be trials and tribulations. We've all had them in life and, but ultimately you have to push, push through as best you possibly can. Some people are given, you know, obstacles that are just insurmountable. But, you know, you just hope you can can live and learn. That's what life is. It's just a lesson. Yeah, so here I was just like, yo, Kevin, you're dropping bars, man. You're philosophizing. <laughs> yeah. We're the guy for, I'm a sports management ma- major and a degree from St. John's University. And trust me, I always leaned on you guys for philosophy stuff because you guys knew way more than I did. Yeah, so here I just kind of um, switched. Um the conversation to, you know, what this podcast uh, aims to do. And that is, you know, to, um, you know, give people who are learning, um, you know, English, um, a resource, you know, uh, for listening to just really casual conversations about, you know, various topics, um, in a, you know, in a feel good vibe. And, um, yeah, I just mentioned, you know, that, um, a lot of language learning, um, is what he talked about is about, you know, failing and, 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 becoming resilient and trying again and yeah and that sometimes it feels like an impossible task it's almost impossible because i've been working for a japanese company for 14 years now and i've been in japan five six times my japanese vocabulary is probably five words um it and i you know i just it's so hard you know it's not i I give i give you credit from being able to learn i give all your students credit for being able to learn a different language um, it's so difficult. Like, I don't know, like, it's just, I mean, I'm taking other languages when we were in high school and, and things like that, but like, it's just so hard to be able to comprehend and to, and then like, I can, I can catch words here and there, but to put on a full sentence. Oh, God. cause we have, you know, we have guys that come over from Japan for five years for sometimes stay a little longer, a little less. And I'm so impressed by how they were able to, in a business setting, hold a conversation and be able to, like, I'm just like, there's no way. And my boss would say, I'm gonna send you to Japan for a year. I'm like, with Google Translate, because <laughs> I'm not gonna be able to do this. So like, I give all your students and you all the credit in the world for having the, the ability to, to learn and do it well. Yeah, so you hear that if, um, you know, if, uh... You're a language learner if you learn english and uh you know you listen to this podcast and you understood everything kevin had to say you know give yourself a pat on the back you know do a little bit of a positive psychology and and savor um you know um you know your ability 
you know, to, to learn a language. Um, so yeah, you know, then, um, yeah, I just mentioned to, to Kevin, um, that, um, you know, a lot of, um, you know, a lot of what it takes to learn a language kind of goes back to what he mentioned earlier about making mistakes and, you know, how, you know, um, it's not easy and, you know, you have to, you know, keep on, you know, trying and, you know, keep on learning. Um, yeah, it's, it's like my boss told me, he said, if you just, you live and learn, right? You, you make a mistake, just learn from it. Don't make it again. If you do it twice, though, that's your fault. <laughs> so <laughs> then you didn't learn. So that's the biggest thing is just taking that key learning and moving on. So, so here I switched um, modes, in the conversation, and um, yeah, I just asked uh, Kevin to share about, you know, kind of his history. Um, because even though we grew up together, you know, I never really asked about how he ended up in Brentwood. <laughs> or if he lived anywhere before that. My mom was born in the, my, well, my grandmother was born in the Bronx and my, my grandfather was from the Bronx too. They moved out to Long Island, I want to say in the early 60s. That house that I lived in on Delaware Avenue in Bayshore was the house they grew up in. Um, yeah, we, um, they were the first owners of that house um, back in the 60s. We just sold it two, three years ago, my grandmother. Um, Unfortunately, passed this year. And my, but my mom, I, I appreciate you. I think you might have met her a couple times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, um, so yeah, they we they were born, they were raised there. We went to Brentwood. Um, my whole life, we all went to Brentwood. My mom, my uncle, my sister. My sister still teaches in Brentwood now at the Red Park. In second, yeah, she teaches in the Red Park in second grade. I still uh, fly the flag of the green. In, in, in where I'm living now, which is enemy territory for for sports and stuff. But um, yeah, I'm proud of where we grew up. It really, it shaped who I think we are as people today because of the diversity of people who are around us. Um, <clears throat> we all just were friends, you know? It's just, we didn't look for anything specifically. We just all just, it's funny how we all just came together. And like I think he was talking with Paul about that because everyone was so like Matt was all the way in up Washington Ave and and you were on Montauk and I think Jeff was all around the corner from you a little bit and Paul was yeah and then Christian was on American Boulevard Greg was by me on New York Avenue he was friends with Matt Kuros and then I came in because I was across the street we, I mean we would just play football and we would play like, wrap around and stuff and then go play these other kids at like southeast and run like we would run over them and then they go home um it's just crazy how it's since second grade i want to say that we all for the most part you and i remained tight and then we just started adding people as we came along and and it's like we still all talk today it's i think it's very rare that you'll have that specifically now i mean i mean it's funny when i remember i was thinking about this the other day when, back in the days you met someone and moved away you might not have ever spoken to them because it's phone, it was either phone or writing letters, right? I wasn't writing letters when I was in eighth, when I was in second, third grade. <laughs> Maybe one, and I was like, who's that guy? But now it's so much easier to stay in contact with Facebook, Instagram, you know, even all these avenues. So I think that's helped. That helped a big deal. Like even just with this podcast, podcast with you being in Japan and all of us being over here in the states, it's it's easy. You know, it's just like with this system. It just makes it that much easier to uh, communicate. Yeah, so here I just, you know, mentioned, I didn't really ask a question, but I just, you know, mentioned that, yeah, it is, you know, pretty cool that we have been able to um, be in contact for so long and that, you know, yeah, it is, it is, you know, rare based on, you know, my experience as well, that people keep in contact with friends for so long. Um, and um, yeah, you know, I just, you know, wondered if it was because of growing up in Brentwood you know, um, you know, kind of multi-ethnic, working class, lower socioeconomic neighborhood that kept us together. It was just, it, it was just funny growing up how, like Brentwood got to such this bad rap, right? For all these things that's happened. And with us, we were playing video games and, and playing football on the street and doing like, uh, practicing martial arts on each other. Jeff trying, to, trying a new move to choke me out just to see if he could do it. Like out of nowhere. And then Mark would just sit there looking at me laughing as I'm dying slowly. And everything would be cool. And then like 
and it was just weird. Like I never, I never got that sense that we like that it was like that because we all just, you know, we 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 always knew we all had each other's back no matter what, and still to this day. Yeah. So here I just briefly mentioned about you know my first time uh, getting robbed. I was thinking like a seventh or eighth grade. One of my classmates, while I was walking home, you know, pulled a knife on me and and um, you know. He was like, Yo, you know, give me your money, <laughs> like maybe a dollar or something. And I gave it to him. And it was funny because he like apologized under his breath. And then he like went back to the older kids that made him do it. Um, yeah. And I just mentioned to Kevin, like, yeah, we never really, you know, we're, we're into that kind of stuff. Like we we just wanted to just just chill and have a good time. Uh, I mean, that's the bad thing. That's just like that's the tough part of growing up. Is you don't know who you are. And you're trying to make friends and stuff like that. We never had that problem. We all just, it's just, it's just funny how the things happen, how it like, it all came down because we were all from different parts yeah, and we we're all from different backgrounds too. But we all had one, like one thing in common was us, which was cool. Yeah. So here, um, you know, I kind of, uh, shifted the conversation, um, to, you know, when, we first met and like what teachers did we have um and um yeah so yeah, kevin uh yeah definitely has a better memory than i do <laughs> yes you know i was talking to my mom about this the other day because i was think, trying to think who i had for teachers i couldn't remember miss Di- i think i had Ms. no i didn't have miss diamond i had miss gorman but we were i think yeah i think i had miss gorman it was fourth grade right fifth i don't I'm trying to remember who I am. I don't even remember. But I know our classes used to always intermingle a lot. So I think you were in, I think David Santiago was in your class too. Yeah. So, and some, I think some other people like David Irizarry, I think was in your class too. Yeah. Yeah. So um, as I mentioned in the intro, you know, Kevin's really good at sports. So I just asked them what, you know, what sport did he start with? So, I mean, I started, we would all play sport. I, I, the first thing, the first sport I ever played was karate. To be honest, yeah, I was in Taekwondo. <laughs> yeah, I was in Taekwondo to, from like for like three years. I've, I've fought in tournaments. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'll show you pictures. It's not, it's not good. <laughs> I looked like Peter from the Cosby Show, if anyone remembers that. Like the the, the the fat little white kid that used to be Rudy's friend used to come over and not talk. That's exactly what I looked like. So that was his first sport I played. So I went to. Um, uh, like North Carolina, North Carolina, and fought in a tournament. Um, I came in third place in my in my class. Yeah, and then I did a tournament in New York and came in third place. And then I was like, you know, I wanted to play baseball. Baseball was always in my blood. My grandfather, he was a, a baseball player. He was uh, in the Navy and um, was and ended up getting hurt playing baseball in the Navy, which was weird. In World War, in, during World War II, because he had, before that he had had tryouts with the Yankees and the Giants. Yeah, I have I have a lot of old memorabilia of his from letters he wrote to like uh, different organizations, like the New York yeah the New York Yankees, the Giants, the St. Louis Cardinals, and I have I have all these letters from the. This is I want to say he was born in 1924, so this has got to be like in the 40s. 50s late or like no like the 40s because he would have been like 18 and i have all these letters which is crazy to think about so he was a catcher i never wanted to play catcher so it was kind of always in my blood and my uncle played um so then like around eight eight nine years old i started playing like little league in, in, in the brentwood uh bya and yeah um and I loved it. I just, I, and I never, like, Kai was even asking me this morning, did you play T-ball? I was like, no, I didn't play T-ball. I just started playing in the, in the yard. Like, I would play at Matt Kuros' house and we play in his backyard with the tennis ball and things like that. And then wiffle ball. But then I started to play competitive um, from there. And I played in, uh, in, in middle school. And then I played on some, like, select teams and things like that. And I was going to play at high school, I made like all county and things like that. And then I, I wanted to, um, I kind of lost my love for the game a little bit because of a lot of issues that happened in high school with the coaches and stuff like that. Just to, it wasn't, and I was, I was going to play in college at Stony Brook when I went there, but then I was like, I don't really want to do this. <laughs> it's a, it's a, like, I went, 
I knew I wasn't. I mean, I was. I guess I, I want to say I was pretty good. I want per se. I I did. I did okay. Like I played with a lot of people who got drafted and and went on to in the, into the minor leagues. Nobody really made it to the majors, but some people got pretty close. Like a couple. One guy went to AAA, and I knew I I, I could have played. The coach was very much not the kind of coach I'd want to play for. What I should have done, I went to Suffolk and played. Like, I should have, yeah, because I could have played there and probably done something. But, you know, at that time, I'm not going to know regrets. You know, you like you said, you, live, you keep saying you live and learn. Um, I decided to just, I wanted to go to school, and Stony Brook was a great school. So I knew I was going to have to focus. And basically, it would just take up so much time. So I decided to just not do I still played in the summer and things like that, but just not with the, with the school ball or stuff like that. Yes, here I just um, briefly mentioned that, um, yeah, like in high school, like, you know, he was doing all these sports and it was really, it was really cool. Yeah. You know, I, it's like I played, I only played baseball and basketball and um, I never wanted to play football because I, I didn't want to, I didn't want to have to practice in the summer like you guys did. Yeah, that, that was not for me. <laughs> I was like, yeah, so here I just um, mentioned about like how tough practice was and, and what the coaches had his had his doing was was crazy um yeah and i um you know you'll hear more about that uh next week actually um but yeah i just told kevin um yeah you know he, he made the right call because uh those summer practices were uh yeah were something else they want i remember they wanted me to play so bad because I could throw a baseball. I'm like, just because I could throw a baseball doesn't mean I could throw a football. I can't throw a football. I mean, I could throw it like 10 yards hard, but I don't know what I'm doing. I would just try and run the ball. Like, I, I'm not even a big football fan now. I mean, I'm a Jet fan, but I'll watch it. But I Yeah, I said the reason why he doesn't like football is because he, he's a Jets fan. It is what it is, but... Yeah, yeah, I know. They're not real football. It's not real football. So, it's just... I picked the worst teams. Mets and Jets. Yeah, and I just mentioned, you know, how uh, the Mets, you know, for a while, were getting pretty good when we were kids. Because, uh, yeah, I was a Yankees fan, and, and he was a Mets fan. Well, yeah, they started getting good back in 95, right after the strike year. And then it's been a disaster ever since. They won't they won't stop, and the Mets, have, like, they've had, like, one good year every decade. And then they suck for the rest of it. Terrible. But yeah, I remember that. Like, so I, I was like, I remember you and Matt. I would, I would go watch your game sometime. I remember they had the fifth quarter, and they would play. And and then I was like, I don't like. This seems like a lot of work. And I don't. I played like I played basketball. I love basketball when we play. I, I was um I played until eighth grade, then I stopped. I remember we played. We had a game. I was playing, and I had some. We had um when we in the ninth grade ceremony, they brought everybody in from all the other like west and north and. They, we all were playing in the gym and stuff, and I was playing against him. And the coach was like, "Why are you not playing on the team?" I was like, "I just don't want to. <laughs> I know I want to focus on baseball because at that time I was playing in ninth grade. I went, I played in JV, and then I was playing. I played varsity in tenth grade when we won. The, yeah, so, but I, in hindsight, I should have played. Just, but I ran. It's funny, I ran track. I don't know why I did that. Um, I mean, I was in great shape, but. It was just a lot of work. Baseball was, was great because, I mean, it's not a lot of running. I played first base and pitcher, so it was great. Um, I'm not. It's funny. I run. I run now because there's nothing else to do. I can't go to the gym because it's you know we're in lockdown. But um, so it's just I find my I'm in better shape now than I was 22 years ago when I was 18. But yeah, it was fun. I remember we used to always just play. Every, we played every sport. For the most part, growing up, baseball, I don't, baseball a little bit, I don't, football, maybe football and basketball we play all the time. Like, and I think I, and Paul brought up a good point on his when he was saying that kids don't get hot. I don't remember getting hot as a kid. That that's, that hit home so hard for me when he said that because I, I don't remember being hot until like we were in Jeff's house one time. And I was like, yo, it's hot. And that was after high school. Yeah, so I just said, yeah, man, like when we were younger, uh, that's all we did, man. It's um, you know, I just had for I I, I just had for, forgotten um, how much we had played. Um, you know, during the conversation, I just kind of remembered, like, yeah, man, we would we were just outside every day. If it wasn't raining, we were playing, right? It didn't matter. It wasn't. Oh, it's too hot. Like that. Would, that you just went in the pool. You got you, you know you got a hose. Hose each other down. 
So that was crazy. Yeah, exactly. I, I didn't have a pool. I mean, I had a pool, but we didn't go in it. But, um... Yeah, so here, um, you know, I just once again uh, shifted to, um, you know, school stuff because, um, you know, Kevin was always a pretty good student and that's something that, uh, yeah, I always thought was uh, uh, really cool about him because he was, you know, actively doing sports in high school uh, as well as, you know, getting pretty good grades. Well, at least better grades than I, than I was getting. Yeah, I was a, I was a pretty, I was like a B plus student. Like, a, like I wasn't a genius. I had to work for everything I got. Um, like, cause it, I was good at math, but like science, I was terrible at. So still to this day, if I have to help Kaya with science work, we're in trouble. So, but yeah, I decided, so I went to Stony Brook right after college, went there for two years. And then, um, I was still playing, you know, sports and things like that. But then I was transferred to Albany for a semester and I was, it started snowing in October. And I was like, dude, this is not, this is not the way life is supposed to be. So I left, <laughs> I left after one semester. I didn't even tell my roommate I was leaving. I was like, yo, I, I was like, I, he was from, I think he was from like Plainview. I just, like, he left, I was like, yo, later, bro. And then I just didn't come back. <laughs> I just packed up my stuff and, and I, he must have came back to get what happened to this guy. Cause I remember he joined a, he joined a fraternity and this dude was going through hell. Yeah. He like. They like kidnapped him in the middle of the night and threw him in a cage. I was like, yo, you're in, you know, like you're paying to come to this school, right? <laughs> like, like you're paying for this and then you're paying to have friends to be in the fraternity too. So like, I think you may not do well. Um, so then I transferred to St. John's and majored in sports management. And cause that's what I kind of always wanted to do that. I just didn't know how to do it. So from there, I, um, I got. I started volunteering in the St. John's athletic office with uh, with a guy named Mex Carey. He was a sport, the sport, SID, sports information director, who's now works for Michigan State, I believe, and he's worked for like Georgetown. He gave me opportunity. I just said I work for free, you know. So mm -hmm. he brought me in and let me just shadow him and some of the other people, and you know, I learned a lot. And from there, I got an internship with the Mets. So. I got to work in PR for the Mets and with Jay Horowitz and um, I met a lot of great people there. It was, I was, they ended up keeping me, it was 2002, no, 2003. And then, so I interned there and then stayed and then I, was, I, I got a job for like two years and I was there for like two and a half years for working for the Mets. It was like best job ever because it was, you know, I'm a huge, my life was baseball. I loved it and I was, working for the team and hanging out with the players, going in the clubhouse, got to meet my idol, David Cohn. Um, nice. Yeah, so it was, it was nuts. Like it was, it was, I was like, I'm getting paid for this. So <laughs> I wasn't getting paid a lot. I got, I made like $15 every two weeks, which was gotta be illegal too, right? That's gotta be, um, I know it was an internship, but yeah, so it was awesome. And then sports have always just stuck with me um, so I just tried to keep, I just, you know, I, I keep it in my life is even what I do now. We do some things with sports and, but I just, my journey has always been around baseball and, and sports. And it's just funny how it, even now from the time you, we've known each other, it's always been a constant in my life. Yeah. So here I just asked him like, yo, man, that must've been really cool to work for the Mets because like, yeah, he was a huge Mets fan growing up. It was cool. I mean, it was, it was. It was interesting, right? Because they were really terrible then. <laughs> okay. So I got, I just got so many opportunities that Jay and Ethan Wilson, who's now the direct, senior director of PR, who's there, is like one of my best friends. And um, Shannon Ford is another person who was there. She ended up, she passed away of breast cancer like two years ago, which is horrible. She was young, but um, yeah, it's just like those, it's just memories that, that I'll just never forget. The hard thing is with sports, like you work, working in sports is not for the, the faint of heart. It's it's really hard to have a family. Cause for like, I, I would get there like eight o'clock in the morning. Then you have to stay all day to do the game and ends at like 11. Then you're there after the game. You don't get home till like one o'clock in the morning. And then with baseball, it's every day. No, yeah, it's every day. And then you start over again the next day. So, and like, I was still living at home cause I was making $15 every two weeks. and. Um, 
driving to Queens into Shea Stadium every day, which is nuts to think like, I don't know how I survived. Thank God for my mom and my grandma who really helped me out, like supported me. And like I had a part-time job when I wasn't working doing other stuff while I was there, but um, yeah, I was just, all my money would go towards gas. <laughs> Luckily they fed us free food, so. Yeah, so here I, uh, you know, just kind of shared about my experience, um, you know, uh, working as a substitute teacher um, before uh, moving to Japan and um, how, yeah, like, you know, most of my my money went to gas as well, just be, being stuck in traffic and, 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 and commuting and all the driving, um, living on Long Island, it's, it's just driving and traffic everywhere you go. So, so yeah. I know that's the when, when, when going to Japan. Like, nobody drives. Like working for working for Canon now. Like there's no parking lot at the office, and there's thirty thousand people that work there. I mean, everyone takes the takes the train. And I remember, like I, we would we would take a cab there, and people were like you took a cab. <laughs> I was like, I was like, yeah, it's hot. <laughs> you know, like, and people like it's it's funny. Like just to talk about transportation in in Japan, like. I remember going there for the first time, like, don't speak on the subway. Yeah. I'm like, and I was like, why? You go up to me, like, and like, it's just, you don't do it. You just, you just keep it to yourself. And then and I remember seeing, we went, we would go take it in the morning. Wherever, I mean, you have the guys that push you in, which I think is, is hilarious. And then at night it's empty and it's the cleanest subway I've ever seen in my entire life. It's like spotless. And I was like, wow. And it, you know, and, and then walking around Tokyo, there's not one garbage can in Tokyo. It just goes to show like how the difference in terms of how people live here versus there. Like there's garbage cans and there's still garbage on the floor here. So it's like, yeah, but in, in Japan, like they hold on to their their garbage. It's just I've learned so much just about people. Um, it's just crazy. I mean, I don't want to go off topic, but so I know when I remember we went, me and my boss went to go get uh, uh, breakfast one time at this pancake spot. It's called Hawaiian something or other. I forgot what it is, but it's so good. After like, after you finished your food, they cleaned off the syrup. I was like, yo, this is great. <laughs> like for a germaphobe like me growing up with OCD and stuff like that. I was like, yo, this is next level. I was like, wow, I think I could do this, but I still need Google Translate. Yeah, so here I just mentioned that that's something that also kind of um, surprised me when I got here is just the customer service in restaurants and, and stuff and how it's so different from home. Even even just the way people eat. For example, today, like this whole, like this week, I was in meetings from, I'm in meetings from nine to five every day, like no lunch hour. So I'm just trying to get whatever I can get. See, like, I mean, you know what I mean? Whatever I can make quickly, I'll have. But like, when you go, when I go to the office there, the bell rings, it's lunchtime. Everyone, yeah. They go, yeah, they go to the cafeteria, get their food, they sit down, eat, and then they leave. Whereas us, it's just like, we just grab and go. Um, it's just a different lifestyle. Yeah, so here, you know, Kevin um, ends up sharing about, you know, his thoughts about some of his uh, Japanese co-workers um, coming from Japan to work in the States. Especially like, like a lot of like, New York, it's just, I, I kind of feel bad for some of like, the guys come over because um, they're dealing with not only Americans, but they're dealing with New York Americans. So it's like, it's like, it's like a next level in terms of, because you know, I, I, I work with, you know, people from different parts of the country. We're just, we just tend to be a little more aggressive than other people. Um, not, 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 not good or good or bad. It's just, it just tends to be, that's what I see. And these guys, man, they, they work hard too. Like they're working, like they're still probably, they would still working now. You know, it, and it's almost, you know, it's almost bedtime. So it's just crazy how things, how, how it all like works out. But it's just a time difference too, because they have to report back to, to the home office. So. Yeah, so here um, I just uh, asked Kevin about what he's doing now and uh, how he got a job uh, at uh, Canon. Um, and yeah, so listen and enjoy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, it, it was funny, like when I remember when I interviewed, I had like seven interviews to get there. And I got, I, I, was, at, I was at the lowest possible job level you could get. <laughs> I was like, like the position doesn't even exist anymore. That's how low it was. It was a it was a PR assistant job, which they had like, and 
I had um, like I had an interview with two Americans that I had to meet to my Japanese boss. And they're like, oh, well, have you ever worked with Japanese people before? I was like, well, yeah. When I worked for the Mets, I met I, I worked with Kaz Matsui when he had come over from Japan in 2004, I want to say. So I met, I would work with his uh, interpreter and I would work with Kaz. Like in one of the pictures, my glove was used. Yeah, it's funny. Like, and he was like, oh, I don't have a, like, he had an endorsement deal with a specific glove manufacturer. So he's like, I don't know if I can use this glove. I'm like, I don't worry about it, bro. You can use it. It's fine. So <laughs> I just wanted my glove to be used in the picture to say I was my glove. And I have it. I found it. My mom found the picture. Yeah. So when I went for the interview, they were like, yeah, have you had to work with Japanese? I was like, yeah. So um, they ended up bringing me in. And I, like I said, I started at the very, very bottom. This was 2006. And then from there, just kept like working my way up. And then my first trip to Japan was 2008. Yeah, I went I went in um, 2008 to like a media trip and we ended up staying in Tokyo and traveled all over. I went on a plane in Japan and we went to food within like on like a Japanese airline, went to Oida, which was cool. Um, so yeah, it's just, it's been a great experience. Just, uh, just learning about different cultures and just learning about how things work. and. I, and I still talk to a lot of people who come over to Japan, from Japan here and went back and I still keep those relationships open and and it, it's 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 always a good time. I love going there. Um, I haven't been, I think in three years, two, three years now, just because of my role has changed and and things like that. But I just love the culture. It's uh, it's fun. It's a, it's a great place where I've been here 14 years working there. And now I'm in, working on both. I was starting in PR, then worked in, on the printer stuff. Now I'm on camera and printer, leading all the marketing and all, all for that, for camera and printer. Yeah, so I just briefly mentioned that I have a Canon printer and my wife has a Canon camera. Oh, yeah, in Japan, it's all Canon. Yeah, we, we own the market, just not here. HP kills us here, but yeah, so that's good. Let me know if you need anything. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's been it's been fun. I mean, it's uh, I've learned so much. Even even working at Ken, I've I've brought sports into that too, right? Yeah. So with that, we sponsor we're a sponsor of the New York Yankees. So I've worked with them on a bunch of things. Um, we also sponsored the Little League World Series from Canon USA for five years, which I led the charge with that. Yeah. So I got to go. I mean, it was fun. I went to the Little League every year since 2014 up until last year, and. I got to take um, Kaya there too, which is great. Yeah, so she got to go on a road trip to Williamsport, which was just cool. She was, it was hot. <laughs> I always tend to go in August, so um, to these places. I was, every time, anytime I would go to Japan, it'd be in August too. I remember it was 100 degrees and 100% humidity, and I, and I was like, "Yo, can we put the AC on?" Just. <laughs> I'm dying. <laughs> the, the the overweight American is here. Please hook me up. So like, I've enjoyed my time. I'm like, we're, we're just still doing all that. We we did, I did a lot of NFL stuff when I was there too, working with that. with basketball when we had we used to sponsor Madison Square Garden. So we've done a, I've done a lot of I've done a lot of cool things. Been a lot of cool places. Um, so I'm really really happy and, and really really lucky really to be in the position that I'm in. So. Yeah, so this part of the conversation, you know, I just um, told Kevin that, you know, uh, it's really commendable that, you know, he's been able to make some pretty difficult choices, um, you know, um, to stop playing baseball because he w it wasn't vibing with him, you know, to change uh, universities um, because, you know, where he was studying, you know, the, cli the, the climate just wasn't, wasn't his thing, um, you know, to... You know, you know, working for $15 every two weeks, you know, and then doing a part-time job. And, you know, so these took a lot of difficult choices. And, and you know, um, I just mentioned to him that that's really commendable. And that if, if it weren't for those choices, you know, he wouldn't be where he is now. I think that's the biggest thing in life is you got to know when to say no. Like a lot of people would just always just say, yeah, like if, if it's, it's, a, it's a hard thing to do is to tell somebody no. But you got to be able to do what, what you feel is right, um, especially now. I don't, like, don't want to get all political, but with everything going on, it's, it's tough. It's a really tough time to, to, to be dealing with a lot of things that are going on and, and 
and listening to what people are saying and just be like, yo, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, what are, you, what are you seeing that I'm not seeing? Like, like, like really? Because what I'm seeing is pretty terrible. <laughs> and, and I'm not even talking about blue or red. Like, it's, it's straight up just not ethical and horrible. And if, if uh, enough is enough, and again, what what uh, what what's gonna take it to for people to to, to find like, yo, this is not right. I, it's you're starting to see it now. The movement's happening, and I'm very happy to see it for our kids. You know, for our kids growing yeah, up, yeah. that's really what it comes down to. We need to leave this place better than where we got it. Yeah. Right, and what we have right now is pretty shitty. But like, it's weird. I, I was talking about this the other day. Like, if you look back at the '60s and the '70s. The people who were trying to make change were eliminated. They were assassinated, right? It's like and cold-blooded assassination, not like like something easy. Like they were shot in the face. <laughs> All of them, like for the most part, Malcolm X, Martin Luther King, JFK, RFK, like all all these people, and there's a host of other people. Yeah, they they were like unmercilessly killed. So. Like, I hope, hopefully that doesn't happen now, but what's it, I think finally it's gonna, it's the, the people are starting to make their, their voice known and heard and they're not gonna take this anymore. I think our generation was one, but I think for our kids, they're not gonna, they're like. Yeah, so yeah, I just briefly mentioned that. Yeah, um, you know, based on our conversation that we had earlier, um, before the podcast really started, you know, we just talked about, you know, how uh, independent and outspoken uh, both of our uh, kids are. We were at a birthday party and this little, my, my daughter screams because like she's six, five, six. And this little kid told her to be quiet and she got up and said, you don't tell me what to do. <laughs> I was like, oh, no. <laughs> Inside, I was like, I was happy to see like, she stood up for herself, but I was like, oh, Lord. And then, like two weeks ago, we were at a we were at a, another park, like a little thing, and there were these boys saying "all oh, boys only," and these two girls, my daughter included, like, "not not here, it ain't like that here, not today." As as uh, Kevin Hart said, "You gonna learn today." Nah, so it was good to see. Like, I, I really hope like we can make it a better place for them and set the foundation now, just so they can really, you know, we're failing now, so they can learn how to lead essentially right they're they're learning from us and watching how everything like i remember i was trying to uh, like explain you know what's going on with the coronavirus with black lives matter and and like you could see it click in her head like yo this is bad she's like i'm like this is not this is not she's like i don't want to live like this there's hope i just don't i mean i hope i'm around to see it that's all yes yeah, so i just said yeah man we just gotta just stay healthy and uh, stay active and stay hopeful yeah yeah that's all we gotta do I mean, we're all, we're we're on the other side now, like you said, which is not which is not good, bro. Yeah. So here, um, you know, I ask uh, the final question that I ask all the that I ask all the guests is, um, you know, do you speak any other languages other than English? Uh, if so, then please share. Um, I can say arigato in Japanese and um, Spanish. I know all the bad words. I don't know if you want me saying those. <laughs> I'm trying to think other words I know in, in Japanese. Um, Ohio. Um, I'm not good with the accents. Like I can't I can't change my voice inflection. So I, I feel like I sound weird when I say things. Um, but yeah, I mean I don't I don't really know. I mean I know I, not a lot. I can Spanish. I can get by. Like donde está la biblioteca? Was the was the was the. <laughs> <laughs> I can say that, and you know, I, I I can understand more that I can speak it. I can, I mean, I can, I can, you know, do things like that. But I wouldn't say I'm fluent at all. So here, I just asked if his wife was a Spanish speaker. No, she's uh, she's West Indian. Yeah, she's Guyanese. She um, they speak English over there in South America. But um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I, I, I wouldn't, I just like random random words. So yeah, here I um, kind of switched uh, direction of the conversation briefly and asked Kevin, you know, how did it feel um, being, um, you know, one of the only white guys in our group of friends um, and, you know, in our neighborhood at large as well. Um, yeah, that's so why I just asked him about that. I think it was me and Greg. Yeah. 
But you know, funny, like, and, and I know this is like very cliche and all that, and, and doesn't. I never noticed it until we got to college, and I was like, "Yo, this is this is real." Huh? I remember we went to go, go to the bowling alley in East Islip, and we came to the door, and these guys said, "You guys aren't welcome." And I was like, "What do you mean we're not welcome?" I'm like, "For what?" And Matt like pulled me away. I'm like, "Yo, like, why can't we come in?" It was all these, you know. Whatever it is, what it is, but I was just like, we're never coming here. So yeah. to me, it's just people are just ignorant. Um, you know, I, I can tell you now, like, and I'm not gonna, I, I don't want to generalize or anything like that because I don't think that's right. It's just as bad. But where I am now, I'm seeing it, and I don't like it, bro. Um, um, it's some of the things that are said on, and I think a lot of it has to do with social media. There's two things, like social media and the election bring out the worst in people. I mean, we saw that in 2016. That's when I think that's when really things started to kick off. But people just think they can say whatever they want about people behind a screen, but they won't say it to your face. And that to me is a problem. And they, they just, they don't really understand the power of their words. And, and these, these things are taught. They're not something that people grow up with. You don't grow up thinking people are better or people are worse or whatever. It's something you learn from your upbringing and things like that. So I'm very cognizant of that when I'm teaching Kaya that everyone's equal and don't you don't you dare be a bully. <laughs> so um, I want you to be the one helping. I remember back in the days, this fixed out vividly in my face. All I think about this a lot because I, I, Kevin Burke. I remember Kevin Burke. I know you brought him. I know you talked about him uh, with uh, with Paul too. But we but he used to get bullied a lot. Cause he was a small little kid with red hair, right? And um, off the bus, these kids used to come after him. And I remember, uh, I think it, I know, I think it might have been you or Matt or somebody. One day said enough was enough, and like we we all stood up to these bullies, and it never happened again. And that's what I want Kaya to be, and like be that person, like you know, no, this is not going to happen today. I'm gonna stand up for this little this, for this kid who's being bullied because he's small. And I remember Matt was not big back. Matt's big now. Matt's a big dude. He's a big like he's yo he he's fast. Like and and he was small back then. Remember he didn't like he didn't start to spread. Like we were all kind of like I was I grew big early, but I stopped. <laughs> so uh, Matt just kept going and like he he, he was freakishly strong. So like like back then he was. I remember you guys called yourself the Mighty Midgets. So you guys stood up to this kid, and that, that's what I hope for from, from Kaya growing up. That's the whole point of that story. But, you know, I, I would love to come back on. What I think it would be cool is even having a panel with, like, a bunch of us doing it. Um, like, just uh, that might be kind of cool just to, to, to bounce things off people like Matt and, and Adam and some other. I think it would be – I would love it. Yeah, <laughs> you can do whatever you want. But yeah, I think it would be great just to have like a, a collection of people on just to talk. We have so many things we could talk about. You know, I think I think an hour. I I tend to talk a lot, <laughs> so and I go off and I, and I unfortunately go off tangent all the time. I get in trouble at work by my boss. She's like, "How did we get here?" I'm like, "I don't know." Things just pop in my head. I want to talk. So, um, but yeah, I I like I, said, I think you're doing this is this is so great. I love it. Um, and more importantly, I just, I'm happy I can connect with you because, like, I miss you. And it's just, it's just, it's, it's something I always think about how I miss everybody. And um, it's just been so long. And I, I am happy we can connect for this, like, just hour or so that we've been talking. And I really hope we can do it again. Yeah. So I just uh, told Kevin that, um, you know, I'm trying to think about a really uh, fun thing to do for the holidays and get everybody together around Christmas. Dude, count me in, bro. I'm in. I think it would be. I would be like, and then you could bring in like special guests, like, oh, welcome, this guy just joined, and this guy just joined, like, oh, shit. I think, I think that like, I, I would like Lee, like Lee. I haven't talked to Lee in so long. I think he does. He live in Germany now or something like. That? Yeah, like there's so many people that like we've connected with, and I think you, you branched, like you had so many people that we didn't even, I don't even know, like, like you talk about Mike Santana. I haven't talked to Mike Santana in like a decade. Like you, like know everybody. So like, I would love to do it. It would be, it'd be great. Yeah, so here, um, you know, I've mentioned to Kevin, um, you know, if you'd be interested in talking about um, working um, in a Japanese company in the U.S. and that, you know, a lot of uh, students that I teach here 
um, you know, aspire to work for, um, you know, uh, international companies um, and work and live abroad. So, yeah, I asked Kevin if he would be interested in, you know, sharing his thoughts and experiences. Yeah, I'm down. Like I said, anytime you let me know, I'll, I'll do it. Um, I've, I've presented to Japanese before. I've, I've had to, I, I, with, with, with my role, I presented to the head, of, like the number two guy at Canon Inc. It was crazy, like, just to do that, but I had to do it. And, I, I, you know, I'm willing, I'll do whatever I can. I just want to help you do this and be supportive and, and keep it moving. I think there's so many topics we can discuss. It could be a regular series, too, like, just about, like, what's going on. Like, like the election could be something you, I don't, I, I don't want to get political because that tends to like bring out the ugliness in people, but you know, there's, there's a lot of stuff going on. Like just in general, like movies, we could talk about movies and like, you know, there's so I think there's, the, the possibilities are really endless for this. And I love the fact that you did it. I really like, I was so excited. Yeah, so here I just briefly mentioned to Kevin, you know, if there was anybody that he would want to interview for the podcast, you know, that, you know, he's more than welcome. I appreciate it. Yeah, I'm more, I, I, I'm not a good uh, interviewer because <laughs> I talk, I talk too much. So I think we could, I think we, it would be cool just to find different people that we've just encountered over our lives, you know, um, like even random, like, Matt Kuros would be interesting because he, you know, his his background is so much different than ours. And Greg, have you talked to Greg? You know, you probably gotta go through his wife. Yeah, she's the boss, I'm sure. Um, but Christian Aguilar too is another one. Or even like like so many people, um, like David Rosari, I'm sure would do it. Like he's like you know he's like an interior designer. Yeah, he he works for a design company because he I had him come to my house to try and do some work but it didn't work out. And he like designs like all this stuff for people. He's like an award-winning designer. Hi, right, bro. I appreciate you. Anything, anything you need, let's keep in contact. Let me know. Hi, right, bro. Have a good day. Right, peace out. So yeah, that concludes uh, episode fourteen of I Call My Heroes by Their First Name. Um, really appreciate uh, Kevin taking the time out to do the interview. Um, and um, yeah, you know, my bad for you know the uh, technical difficulties that led <laughs> the uh, the audio to not be recorded. Um, but you know, I think the episode came out well. And um, yeah, so um, there's uh, three more episodes of this format, and then we'll be back to normal. So once again, thank you for listening, and uh, peace out. Be safe, and uh, yeah, take care. <laughs>